everyone and thanks for joining us here for the virulent news toxic habits and attitudes I'm your host Wayne Bibbs if you don't know if this is your first time listening to me first of all welcome secondly uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what it is that I that I do with the show uh, there are a lot of people who want to do things like have a podcast or uh, for my like for myself I'm a writer I'm an actor I'm a photographer I do a, quite a few things um, and each one of those things came with their own challenges uh, and criticisms from other people as to why I shouldn't do them and everyone has an opinion about these things even if they've never done these things themselves so my purpose for this is to say to you if you want to do something if you want to have a podcast if you want to write a book if you want to perform perform and say what you want to say clearly if you want to perform if you want to sing whatever it is you want to do go ahead and do it start taking those steps prepare now sometimes things may not go according to plan but that doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing and that's the message of this show. For today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit um, about me, something that not a lot of people outside of my closest friends know. When I was young, I was a comic collector. Uh, so, by the way, was my father. He handed me a stack of his books, and those were those were, you know, good. Those were good books. He was more along the lines of the Batman and uh, the Cowboys and Indians and all of that stuff, you know, growing up in the 30s and 40s. And by the time I came along, we were more into the actual superheroes. You know, I was into the, the Superman, the Hulk. My favorite was Thor. Uh, so those were the books that I read. And one day, I came across uh, a book called Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, it was issue 203, and I read it, and I just fell in love with it. And then later on, I found other issues, and that love increased. So that's now, as much as I love the Avengers and X-Men and all the other superheroes, teams that have been made into movies and so forth, the Legion of Superheroes is still my favorite. I mentioned that. Because uh, not too long ago, I was reading posts on Twitter, and I came across a post uh, from a gentleman who has a podcast about comics. And on this particular episode, he was speaking about the Legion of Superheroes. So obviously, I was intrigued. I had to find out what this was about. So I listened to the episode, listened to a couple more, 
And I thought to myself, I would really like to have this gentleman come on my podcast and talk a little bit about not only what it is that, that he talks about, his, his love of the Legion and uh, several other comic books, but how he got started, and he graciously agreed. So right now, I'm going to pull back from talking myself, and I'm going to let you talk to him. This is Ross Aitken. Ross, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for agreeing to be on. Uh, I'm not, I don't normally, I don't, I, I guess on some podcasts, I, I like podcasts, so I'm all, I pretty much always say yes. Um, um, and I'm intrigued by your, I'm intrigued by what you're trying to do with your podcast. Oh, good, good. And you can be a big help in that regard. <laughs> to start with, uh, let me let you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there. Uh, well, I'm um, I'm a podcaster. I live in uh, Virginia, but um, I, about five years ago, I had like you know had a little down down you know was feeling kind of down, and I wanted something to kind of take my mind off of you know the bad things in the world. So I started uh, Doctor Who podcast with my best friend. And called Gallifrey's Most Wanted, and we've done that, and then expanded, and then um, just late last year, I decided to go solo with a comic book podcast because that's my first nerd love. Uh, Doctor Who is my is one of my nerd loves. I'm I'm a renaissance of geeky things, superhero comics, Star Trek, Doctor Who, all of it. You know, I I'll give any of it any of it a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main love, my main loves are Doctor Who and comics, and I really want to do one about superhero teams because those are the comics that I like the most. And I'm of the right age to gone through a really good time when some of the big books were team books. Okay. Um, so, like Legion, my the first com- one of the first comics I remember reading was Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, uh, one ninety five, and it's the Return of Timberwolf. Um, and I've been reading it ever since. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention that particular issue because, uh, as I said a, a moment or two ago, issue 203 was the first one that I saw, but I later saw another, another issue and the cover was torn off. I didn't know what number it was, but it was the return of Timberwolf. Yeah, it's and beautiful. It, that's a beautiful comic. It's that nice costume designed by Dave Cockrum. That is so, the sweetest costume I have ever seen. I, I honestly, he's, he's the great. He's the greatest comic super. Him and Kirby are probably the top two costume designers. I think in comic history, I'd have to go along with that. But that yeah. that one, those two, uh, were really the ones that got me going on the Legion. Uh, and issue 206 that's the one where uh they did the clone of feral lad and invisible kid when oh, yeah it's a grell issue in that. yeah it's that's a grill yes grell is my favorite artist but he the way he 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 put uh feral lad there after he demolished the building it was incredible and I, from that yeah. point on i was done i'm in yeah, um, my brother was the one who turned me on to comics, and he was a big. He handed me Grell when uh, a lot of uh, when Grell was doing Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yes, when um, uh, they were trying to save the Green Lantern book because it wasn't selling well, so they they 
put them back together. They, you know, they had done the hard here. You know, they'd done it with Adams and Denny O'Neill, but then um, they did it again with Grell. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It's, I think, uh, he's there's, you know, I like certain eras of Legion, and that Cockrum Grell era is a is a real fun one. Yeah, yeah, and with uh, Shooter Jim Shooter and Carrie yeah. Bates doing the stories. Yeah, that's about. The, come, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I I got an animal who wants to get out of the room <laughs> I'm sitting in, so I'm letting her out. Uh, yeah, no, I like that era. That, that's where I started, and then my brother he had bought, you know, uh, comics had just started to pop up, and there was one near us. Uh, so he went and bought some of the adventure stuff, and then over the years they reprinted a lot of it, and you know, and then I, you know, I I've got all these hardbacks that have come out in the last 20 years. So I can go from the first Legion story all the way through in trade form, uh, almost to the, the end of the, the silver age version before, um, five years later. Well, through five years later, mm-hmm. is that both, uh, all the five years later stuff's been reprinted finally. Yeah. Yeah. It has. So, listen, listen, yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I'm getting how, your your brother helped influence uh, your love of comics, but now here you are. You're reading these comics, and at some point, the idea of uh, discussing it in podcast form occurs to you. What was the the process that you went through from saying, "Hey, this might be a good idea," to here I am with uh, with the podcast, you know, to actually starting it. Well, I mean, I've been doing the the Doctor Who one for for five years, and for the first part, my partner Vic, she did the editing, the heavy lifting, and I just did the talking. You know, mm-hmm. I did talking and came up with subjects, and then I expanded it. We have an, I have another partner who we do non TV Doctor Who, we do spinoff stuff like and behind the scenes stuff, you know, like comics and audios and history of the show and stuff like that. But um, during the pandemic. Um, I work in healthcare, so it was kind of it, the pandemic was um, had its challenges, and um, yes, and part of it. I and I started doing the pod, any podcasting just for as a mental health thing, mm-hmm. a way to get through rough spots. We we'll do something positive, something talk about something I love, and hopefully get people to listen to it and be entertained by it. Sure. So, but I I found myself wanting to stretch some more uh other outside of doctor because i have other nerd loves and i really love superhero teams and i and i've made you know i follow comic i've i listen to some comic book podcasts some really good ones mm-hmm. and i was like i want to do one and i i didn't have i don't have someone i could reach out a someone to do it with me so i said well you know my love is superior teams i don't see i see one's four specific books like there are like three really big legion ones there's some avenger ones there's some x-men ones they're great ones mm-hmm. um there's uh, these two guys that do a show called tighten up the defense where one week they do teen titans the next week they do defenders and it's very <laughs> funny yeah i like they, that um, yeah it's a great and so i want i'm gonna do one and i just decided i was like one barrier I thought is I'm going to be the only one talking. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do it, and I didn't want to wait until I could find 
find someone to talk with to be in on the show with me. I knew I knew Jennifer DeRoss, who's been a guest, who wrote a biography of Gardner Fox because uh, I started following her on Twitter, and I'm a huge Justice Society fan. And Gardner Fox is the creator of the Super Team. Mm-hmm. He also created Hawkman. He created both Flashes. <laughs> he created a, uh, a lot of other stuff. Uh, he's probably he is the unsung hero of of comic books in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I got her to be on the first one, one of the early ones, and stuff like that. So it was just I wanted something that was going to be pleasure, uh, a positive experience to me is me going back and reading comics I've read as a youth, or reading ones I haven't read. Mm-hmm. You know, books I haven't read. I've done stuff. I've done an, uh, an episode on Strange Academy, a Marvel book about the magic school in the Marvel universe. Sure. And I had someone recommended it, and I said, "Okay, I've never read this. I'll I'll do the first twelve issues." Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff like that. So it was more to giving me something positive to do and artistic, because I I used to do theater and I don't do it anymore. So that there's an itch that I don't get to scratch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a very good way, at least uh, from from my point of view, as you know, apparently as well as yours, uh, to do something to just kind of buoy your own spirits, uh, especially if you're you know working in the healthcare system and you had to help people deal with the onset of COVID. Yeah, that uh, I... that was something that that brought the country, the world to its knees for a while. So anything you can, anything you can do to build yourself up, yeah. I think is, it's, it's essential that you do it. Yeah. And I, um, that is really the underlying, the reason I do podcasting is it's, it, you know, when you're, you know, I, I'm, I see a counselor, I'm in therapy. I take some anti-anxiety medications, which mm-hmm. is good. I am, um, but I do the the show and the, these interactions because I want a positive. I think art in any form can, is good. It's good. It's good for mental health. It's a good way for you to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm having a bad day at work. I'm going to go home and I'm going to read some comics or I'm going to watch a Doctor Who I've seen a hundred times because mm-hmm. it's comfort. There is something called I think there is comfort entertainment, comfort art that, you know, you it's escapism. It's why we do it. I'm you know, I'm in somebody else's world. I don't watch a lot of heavy dramas. I'm watching uh, someone saving the day or someone being funny or something like that. But, you know, there's it. You can wash away some of the troubles and give you a moment of respite, which will help you process um, what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whether it be you know, you know, negative, little negative, or big negative, um, because uh, when I talk about this in all my podcasts, is how you absorb art is always in the moment. I could be watching a show, an episode of Star Trek I saw sixty years ago, mm-hmm. fifty years ago. I'm not, I'm almost sixty, but fifty years ago when I was ten years old, I'm going to absorb it in this moment today in a completely different way than I did the first time I saw it, the second or the third time, because the way you absorb a story uh, or a piece of art, it's always in that moment. It's always, it's always affected by your mindset at that given moment. 
Yeah. And it can affect you in a positive way. It can affect you in a negative way. And that was, or like, or, you know, I don't think any emotional reaction to art is a positive and negative. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it may make you cry, but that may be what the person who wrote the story was trying to make you do. Yeah. You know, he, they yeah. were trying to invoke, I mean, a good storyteller is trying to invoke a visceral reaction, emotional, deep inside. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple and as pleasurable as laughing. Or it could be making you think about big picture things and where you stand in them. Um, so uh, that's why I did the podcast. It was kind of like I wanted to, for my mental health, and I also wanted, there's a, a I, social media is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this world, since we get an immediate reaction to everything we say or do, and then we get everybody's opinion, whether yes. we ask for it or not. Yes. And people want to talk in social media about toxic negativity or toxic positivity. I don't believe you can be toxically positive. There are some people that are overly positive and cheerful, and they I'm, I'm a Scott. Um, that kind of rubs me the wrong way because we're mostly grumpy people <laughs> and, I, and I can be, I can be, my wife calls me grumpus. I can be very grumpy. I, but when I'm talking about other people, when I'm talking to someone else about a piece of art or a comic or a comic book, I'm like going, they may say, I love this comic book. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it may be a comic I've read and I don't like it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go. I don't want to hear, they don't need to hear me say it sucks. You don't, why do you like it? That you're wrong right. because they're not wrong. They're, you, you, they're, no one can be wrong in what they like. They like what they like. It is a personal choice. It's everybody absorbs art differently. Everybody gets to make their own decision, but I am one who always goes, tell me why you like it. Mm-hmm. Good. I don't, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to hear why you dislike something. Mm-hmm. I want to hear why you like it. And then I may go, well, this is how I took it. I didn't see it the way you did. And I may read it again and go, you know what? I see that now. That's a good take. I still don't like it as much as you do, but I understand why you like it and why you got pleasure from it. Yeah. Because that's the point of it. There's a lot of things out there uh, that I've taken a look at once at one, like you said, at one point in my life, took a look at it a little bit later on and saw something different really good or really good creations uh, often will show you something in addition to everything that you've seen in it before. You know, you yeah. take a, you take a look at it later on. You say, Hey, I didn't notice that before. And then you look at it again later on down the line and say, here's something else I missed. Yeah. You know, um, or not necessarily missed, but just weren't in a position to receive the first time you saw it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, like, uh, I mean, I've done episodes of uh, about uh, Doctor Who and watched it, and then something will have happened to me and my podcasting partners will, it will take our conversation in a totally different direction. A lot mm-hmm. more, less about the piece of art, but how it made us think about what was going on in the world, whether it be the pandemic or an election cycle or what's in the news. Um, or what's on the internet, uh, where there's a lot of negative, there's a lot of people, um, 
having these really strong reactions to other people's opinions um, and going down in a bad in a in a really negative uh, rabbit hole mm-hmm. i mean and i've really tried with the stop stop let's team up my comic book one to be very positive mm-hmm. about this is i'm going to talk about i'm not going to come in here and beat something up i may say i don't like it i may say it doesn't hold up because i'm right now i'm doing comics that were written in 1963 mm-hmm. um, on the legion end comics were not you know do because art you know, has to be re-examined as, you know, our the social mores and change and how we, you know, you know, I've said um, these are a lot of uh, post-war comics, you know, during the baby boomer, you know, where America had this positive idea of itself. Mm-hmm. Ward and June Cleaver, positivity, uh, Ozzie and Harriet. And if you have young, younger listeners, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> But, Which in uh, and of itself that, is depressing that, for someone my age. Yeah, well, you watch it, and it's like, was the world a perfect place? You know, I'm, I, I have a, I worked some a while back. I'm, I'm a almost six year old white man, and someone asked me, "Do you believe in white privilege?" And I said, "I grew up in a John Hughes movie." Mm. Okay, yeah, I know what the, you know. I grew up in a weird place that does, isn't, you know, that you this kind of. We put a positive sign on it. My wife teases. I don't like the suburbs. Mm-hmm. I really don't. We live inside a. We live in a. We live in the city of Richmond. I like living in the city. I want to walk to a restaurant. I want to walk to a corner store. Yes. Um, I like the sound of traffic. It's weird, but you know, I don't like the. There's something tweaks me about that. I live in those little artificial communities. I that you know, kind of tweak me a little bit. Right. Everybody's house looks alike. Yeah. Um, but it's um. But back to the podcast. Uh, the positive part is I've had to find things for me to things that um that give me pleasure, and then talking to other people or talking about the comics and seeing the reaction on. I, I've been. Uh, it's I'm not. It's not the biggest podcast. It's only about six months old. But I've I've gotten a lot of nice comments about, hey, you're really positive about things. You're really you like this. You 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 see the good in something that may be a little culturally out of sync. But isn't intentionally, you know, say, you know, isn't saying bad things. It's just a little the world's not that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that that can happen. You are when it was created. Yes. That can happen since, uh, you know, the world isn't static. It's going to change yeah. some. And so will your, you know, various ways of seeing it at any at any one time. You might see it one way now. Uh, as, we, as you said earlier, you see it one way now. You see it a different way 15 years later. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you look at a piece of art, I think you really have to kind of, for yourself... I'm not one to think I want everybody to like stuff. I want everybody to be entertained by what I'm, what I'm entertained by. And I want to kind of not sell it, but go, Hey, give it a try. It's there's some pleasure in this, but you, uh, you are, you do, you absorb art. And when you look at it and the way I do it, as someone, you know, did theater and created art, Mm -hmm. 
you know, in theater, you're taking someone else's words and recreating them over and over again. Different people have, you know, we're still doing Shakespeare 600 years later, but we're doing it differently. Right. Because we're going to adapt it. And when people go, why do you, why do, why does Hollywood keep saying, telling the same stories? I'm like, well, that's what you do. <laughs> We've been doing that for thousands of years. That's what performance art is, a reinterpretation of old stories over and over and over again with a new spin. Sure with the take of a new generation. So when I look at a piece of art, I kind of go, how is it affecting me in the moment? What was the artist attempting and where, where and when did the artist create this piece of art? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to affect them. Are they breaking, you know, are they trying to break out of a bubble or are they trying to, are they trying to tell a spot positive story or something like that? Um, and does that really matter in the story? So you have to kind of look at it. You know, you judge art. You have to judge art from when it was created and how you're absorbing it in the present. Sure. And well, comic but... books are, are should be full of joy. I'm the, and Legion is a very 1960s positive outlook on the universe. You know, there was a lot. They we we wrote a lot of hope into our art after the World Second World War. Mm -hmm. You know, because we had almost destroyed ourselves. <laughs> Um, and we did a pretty, and it was, you know, it was a horrific 15 years. And I think we, I think in America, we course corrected with a lot of pause, a lot of positivity, whether it be artificial or deserved mm -hmm. in the, you know what I mean? That, uh, and then like as a child of the seventies and eighties, there was a lot of cynicism in the seventies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think art was a little more cynical. I don't. I try to find the joy in it now because I need it. I need that little respite. I understand. If that I makes understand. any sense, you know, no, no, yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Let me let me tell you. Um, I did most of my comic collecting when I was uh, very young, mid-teens and and down. And uh, I had to stop because I uh, the comic books were becoming. A bit more expensive you know in in my lifetime i've seen them go from 12 cents to uh up to i think the last time i i saw any they were like four dollars a piece but i stopped collecting once they hit uh i think it was a dollar a piece uh that and because i had picked up a an even more expensive hobby uh and that hobby eventually became my wife so I had to choose between collecting the comic books and keeping her happy. And I saw greater benefits with her, so I had to let the, the comics go. Um, but every so often, I would pick up a handful of comics. Just, you know, I, I would miss all kinds of, just huge numbers of issues. And sometimes the books would actually fall out of print, and then they, they'd start a different version. And I would know nothing about it. The Legion, as a matter of fact, did that a few times. So I'm not really up on everything involved in the five years later or the reboot or three boot. Uh, but I picked up a couple of books here and there. And there is a difference uh, in, in the way that they used to write the books back when I was able to collect them consistently. And now that I'm only picking them up sporadically, I'm seeing I'm seeing a big difference. Uh, 
uh, as you said, they seem more hopeful. The thing that I noticed is that there, there were a lot more one-issue stories. Or sometimes you'd even get two stories in one issue. And that, for me, was a little easier to deal with because, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I grew older and I couldn't keep collecting them. So I missed huge chunks of story because I couldn't buy every episode, every issue, I'm sorry, couldn't buy every issue. And then I couldn't buy the issues of the other titles into which the story flowed. So, uh, you know, I, I lost a lot of these cross-title stories and had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, there's a good thing. What I like about modern comics, and it, not modern, the actual, uh, I can sometimes be a little cranky, the cranky old man about modern comics being more show than uh, tell, where, because, you know, uh, it's more about the artist at times, which is fine. But I just, you know, comics used to be a little wordier and they're a little more exposition, a little more conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's a joy is like I'm I had a huge collection and I have downsized, but I, I get the trades because I like the collection where you can get like, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 issues in a book. Sure. So you, get a, you can get a good run. And the, the actually Marvel and the DC apps are very nice. Comicology has been Amazon bought it and um a lot of the other podcasters I talk to who do digital media um, complain it says it's it's not as intuitive to use, but that I can go back and I can jump around. So when someone suggests a comic, I can go find an issue or two or something that I may have missed because I was really a hardcore fan for about 20 years. And then I started to slowly downsize. Mm-hmm. And I just kept the stuff that's near and dear to my heart, which is the team books, you know, tight legion. Avengers, um, those were my first real comic loves. But I'm also, you know, the Wolfman, well, all Teen Titans, but Wolfman Perez made me go back and read all the Silver Age, you know, uh, and other stuff. There's some Justice, I'm a big Golden Age fan, so a lot of Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm a huge I don't, in the 90s, uh, J- British writer uh, James Robinson rebooted well, he took all the Starman. The DC had several, you know, at that point it had six or seven people who used the name Starman. Mm-hmm. So he decided to create a new Starman, the son of the Golden Age, the first one, and tell a story in 90 issues. Um, and it is the, the my absolute favorite comic of all time. <laughs> um, because it is, one, it is a closed-loop story. It's, it's, that's a story. It's beginning. You have it all. You have the beginning, the middle of the end, and he does draw on the mythos of the past, but he's basically almost operatic in its structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it it's absolutely beautiful. It's a bad. I mean, it is made. So, I have a little. I'm one of my shelves with books. I have all the Starman stuff together, and you know, little shrine to Starman. Um, another Gardner Fox creation. Yeah. So, did you? Uh, did, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the actual Justice League uh, cartoon. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of the Bruce Tim era of, of superhero cartoons. That I was a, that was a great show. But they did one uh, as a tribute to Gardner Fox, uh, starring the Global Guardians. I, I'm sorry. Justice, Justice Guild. Justice. Oh yeah, that that would yeah. 
Yeah, because they couldn't use the justice. They didn't want to use the Justice Society. Eventually, they did finally do, you know, brought the Justice Society characters in later. Right. I think it was after the success of uh, David Goyer, who most people will know from movies. But he, um, he, oh God, what's he? Oh, he's producing, he produces stuff now, and I can't remember what he's, but, but he had, um, uh, produced the Blade movies and wrote the screenplays, the original mm-hmm. Blade movies. But he started Justice Society and Jeff Johns, that's where he got his start. He took over the book about issue nine. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, a great book. I have all the all-star comics in hardcover mm-hmm. uh, in those DC archives. So I've got all the Golden Age. And some of the first Justice Leagues I read were the the annual JLA, JSA uh, team-ups. Right. I remember and my brother those. would give me the hundred page giants and it would have the, you know, uh, I think it's one thirteen or one fourteen where they have um a JLA JSA team up and then there was um like a golden age Aquaman story in it or a early Silver Age Aquaman story. And then it had uh, a reprint of an all star comics Justice Society adventure in it. Right. So that kind of like, as I got older, when they started to reprint stuff, I was like, ooh, I want to read this. And I'm a big Roy Thomas fan. Um, I think uh, him and Gardner Fox, when if you're reading a super team, you're basically reading the rules they kind of lay down, except right. for maybe when the team's kind of a team is more a family-centric, like it, the team acts as a surrogate family, that's mm-hmm. more Stan and Jack. Yeah. from FF. And yeah. I would say, I think Wolfman and Perez's Titans is more, is close, people say it's a close an, uh, analogy to X-Men. I think it's more closer uh, analogy to the Fantastic Four, that positive about the family being supportive and caring and you know, holding each other up. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that uh, I can see that point of view. Uh, it's actually, I, I think, just the way I'm looking at, at the Titans, uh, in terms of uh, having a life outside of the group, which the Fantastic Four, you know, they actually pretty much are, except for Ben Grimm, a family, uh, Ben being honorary. And that that's not only their team, that, you know, that's their life, as opposed to the Teen Titans where Dick and Corey go off and do what they want to do. Garfield is on his, his TV show. Victor is trying to figure out his you know, how Sarah fits into his life, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, it, they do have that interesting dynamic. There's something more than just a collection of superpowered people that keeps them together. Yeah. So, listen, I want you to, um, I want to ask you this. For people who are listening, people who maybe want to, uh, to do something like this. They're listening to you. They hear the passion in your voice about what it is you're doing. Uh, and they hear your, uh, your explanation of uh, using your, pot, your comic book podcast to kind of give yourself an emotional boost uh, when viewed against the things that are happening uh, in, in real life with uh, either just whatever uh, emotions you're dealing with or the pandemic or what have you for people who would like to do these things, but somehow for whatever reason uh, feel that they can't quite do it or they, they couldn't do it as well as they would want. What would you say to, uh, to these people? 
Well, that's a great question. And it's, um, you know, whenever I I did theater. uh, And so don't be afraid because there is no failure. Like when you do, I mean, I did set designs and, you know, you have to design something. You design it. The director sees it. They don't like what you've designed. So you have to adapt. That's not a failure. It's a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, th- don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of there is no failure. If you're going to do what you want to do, just, I mean, it's, I don't know how to put it any better way. It's just, you have to try to give it a try. Um, it's, it's you don't ha- don't worry do i worry about people are going to like my podcast a little bit yes mm-hmm. you know i do but i can only do the show i'm going to do i can only be me right um uh, and there are episodes that i've recorded them and listened to them and went poop <laughs> and i'm going to do it over uh, that's fine, but that's not a failure. I did it. I listened to it. I decided that was not something I wanted to share and I would start over. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's an opportunity. I think doing theater and, um, working in a collaborative art form, there are moments of serendipity. Oh, I can't do what I wanted to do, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be better than what I was going to do. So I'm waiting for those moments. When I do a podcast um, and uh, or I'm doing an episode and I'm talking about a comic I haven't read in a long time, or mm-hmm. as I'm doing with Legion, I'm reading every Legion comic in order of publication, one a week, and talking about them. So I don't know, even though I've read these comics a dozen times, I'm going to see each, I'm going to get something new so for me, that's the that's the kick. What am I going to do this week that is different than last week? And what did I learn from last week? So my big thing would be like, if you're really going to try it, just just try. You you know, uh, find someone to help you mm-hmm. if you need to. Podcasters are the most collaborative people I know. I found that out in the last five years Mm -hmm. that they are the most give. they are very giving like good good theater people are like i'm going to help you do your project and don't worry you know just because i'm going to give you i've gotten a lot of good advice the people out there but just don't be you're going to be afraid but don't let the fear stop you just do it you You will once you've got it up and you've heard it and you've gotten some input good or bad you're over the biggest hurdle yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. And if I could add just one little thing to that, the fact that you saw something that you wanted to do and you took the steps to do it puts you ahead of so many people who wanted to do something but let fear stop them or yeah. let someone else's opinion stop them uh, or let yeah. the uncertainty of something new stop them. When you when you start out, when you say, I want to do this, and you take those steps to learn how to do it, where to do it, what you'll need in terms of resources to do it, and then you get out there and you start, regardless of whether or not it turns out exactly the way you want it, you started. 
Yeah. That at that point you won. Yeah. Now it's now it's just a matter of fine tuning it to get it the way you actually want it. But you've already won. Oh yeah, you've gotten over the biggest the biggest hurdle, and is and if you have a passion for something or something gives you joy, mm-hmm. no one can th- you, you, no the, one can take that joy away. They from cannot you. You take can it from you. you. You can surrender it, and you shouldn't have to. Because if you're going to talk about something you enjoy, something that entertains you, something that makes you giggle, and it's going to make someone else giggle, you're as you said, you've already won by doing it. Just do you know? And it's I'm learning stuff every every day. Uh, I've you know I've I've made friends with other podcasters, and mm-hmm. they've taught me things. Um, I have. Um, I I have partners in uh, one of my podcasts. I've learned to when to. Just let them go mm-hmm. because, you know, um, I've gotten to that point to where I'm so comfortable doing it that I know when to let go and when to let others, you know, others lead because I know what, what the, you know, I know it's going good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm seeing the positive things happening, um, you know, don't and, you know, as a theater person, I've been I've gotten some really bad reviews deservingly. Mm hmm and harsh and i don't i'm not a big fan of um critics um because i think sometimes in modern criticism it is criticism Mm -hmm. it's not critiquing right which is what reviewing should be critiquing a piece of art not criticizing you know they want to go for the, the 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 harsh comment so but I really got to, you know, I really, as long as I'm enjoying myself mm-hmm. and I'm still getting the joy from the comics and I'm talking about it, that's a win for me. Sure. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I love that. Yes, it's a, it, it is a win. Um, when Superman the movie came out, my father and I, both being comic collectors, we went and, I mean, we geeked out hard on this. But there was a line in the movie, as delivered by Lex Luthor, he said, um, there are those who can read War and Peace and come away thinking it was a simple adventure story, while others can read the ingredients of a chewing gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. I heard that then and went, wow. That, yeah. that that I mean that is so true and like you just said you're learning things as you continue to do this either from uh, from people who have been doing this and they're giving you advice or from things that you've done that worked out great and so you know to keep doing that or it didn't work out quite like you thought and you knew to adjust but the people who are outside of this, the people who have never even tried because they looked at this and said, this will never work. These are the people who I think tried to read war and peace and didn't get it. Yeah. Whereas you and people in your position have looked at that chewing gum wrapper and said, Oh, I found X. Yeah. And you're There's never a, you're never going to find everything un, un, if you one stop looking and you and if you stop looking and you know that's the end of your project. Yeah, 
there's a there's a quote in Doctor Who from the Third Doctor. John Pertwee's the, the actor played him, and it's like someone said, "I'm not a brave, I'm, I'm afraid." And it's like, well, the only difference between the, of someone who's afraid and someone who's brave is that someone stood up and and did what was right, or did something, you know, took the chance, mm-hmm. and that's you know, it's. It's it's a thin line between um, being afraid and being brave to do something. It's just all it's just making the choice to do it. Right. That's it. You won once you've made the choice to move forward. You know, the, you've already won. You've already gotten ninety percent there. That's right. Because That's right. you've made the choice to try, and trying is all we do. And it's like I I, I manage people for a living, and you know, and people are afraid of change. Mm-hmm. And they're trying, and they're doing something different. But uh, as I tell my employees, I was like, the only constant in the universe is change. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is in flux. So don't be afraid of a change. Don't f- be afraid of trying something new, because that's all that you know. Every day is a new day. Every every you know every comic reads a new thing. Every podcast I do is new. Every decision I make at work is something new, and how it affects people is something is new and change. And none of that is bad. That is all good. Yes, yes. Everyone, listen to what this gentleman is saying because yeah, he well, is he's no he's get he's giving you the facts here. This is this is true. Don't be afraid of things just because they're new to you everything at some point was new to you make it common to you common in that you do it all the time that you do it you pay attention to it you learn from it you're committed to it do it if this is what you really want to do give yourself permission to do it listen um ross i want you to do something for me i want you to tell everyone once again uh the names of your of your podcasts so they can uh, so they can tune in and speaking of listening to you can listen to you some more all right well you can find both my doctor who ones under uh, at uh under just google gallifrey's most wanted um spell that for me would you please Uh, sure g it's gallifrey is g-a-l-l-i-f-r-e-y Apostrophe yes, Gallifrey's most wanted. Um, it's a, if you're not a Doctor Who fan, that's his home planet. That's where we got the the name. And you can find my comic book podcast at just Google Stop. Let's team up. Or you can find me on Twitter at JSA4E. That's JSA the number four and then the letter E. Um, and the podcast is called Stop. Let's team up. And I do. Um, you can find me there. Okay. Now you did one thing when you when you chose that name. It's it's very catchy. The first thing that I heard when I read that name, stop, let's team up, was MC Hammer. Okay. <laughs> I'm imagining this, I'm imagining this dude in balloon pants. He's like, oh, 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 oh <laughs> and him dancing back and forth and then says, Stop, let's team up. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that uh, would be apropos because I'm an Oakland A's fan, and he was an oh, Oakland A's. Get out of here, A's bad boy. Yeah, he was an Oakland A's bad boy. Mm-hmm. His name, his name, Hammer, is because he looked like Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. He got it from the A's. The uh, 
the A's when I, when I was a kid, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's actually from like in every comic book, the heroes meet, they fight and then they team up. Mm-hmm. So, but that, the, that's that, when the you're picking biggest. a name though, when you're picking a name, what you did that, one of the things that you want to do is make it something that's catchy that will be remembered. And for those of us, at least who grew up during that time, uh, I think that will work. I, I think yeah. that that works pretty well. It caught my attention. I haven't forgotten it. Yeah. Ross, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, to speak with us today. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your insights. And uh, hopefully this won't be the last time we have you on as a guest. I would be glad to come back. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here with Ross and me. This is The Virulent News, Toxic Habits and Attitudes. I'm your host, Wayne Bibbs. I will be talking to you again very soon, but until then, take care.